I've run 750 calls this year. And if I've been doing this for 10 years, I've run, you know, 7,500 calls. I'm a little numb from time to time to the situation. So I think there's a time and an opportunity to make sure, once again, trust is reciprocated. And so is getting to know someone. So my job isn't just to get to know them, but get them to know me. Why? Because I need them to trust me and like me so that I can connect with them on that level. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you again on this Monday morning. We hope that you are starting your week off strong. We are excited to bring to you a new guest and a new topic this week. We are focusing on connecting with people. This time, special guest Chris Crew on the podcast, and we're looking forward to having a conversation with him later on today. But first, we want to break down this topic for our listening audience a little bit ourselves, and we're going to start off with our quote, Brian. Empathy is a respectful understanding of what others are experiencing. Instead of offering empathy, we often have a strong urge to give advice or reassurance and to explain our own position or feeling. Empathy, however, calls upon us to empty our mind and listen to others with our whole being. Marshall B. Rosenberg. Whew. Brian, you're digging deep on me there, man. It's a Monday morning. We got to slow this thing down a little bit. <laughs> I wasn't taking philosophy class this morning. Uh, no, yeah, we, we got a good subject on hand for you here. It's about connecting with people. And part of what we want to study today is something called EQ, uh, which is different than IQ. I'm sure some of you have heard the term IQ before. Some of you uh, probably understand that better than others. Uh, but maybe not so familiar with the term EQ. So IQ stands for intelligence quotient, which is generally a measurement of your, your smarts, you know, your ability to uh, problem solve, your ability to abstract think. And a lot of times, you know, uh, some of the greatest thinkers in the world have IQs that are off the charts. EQ stands for emotional quotient, which is another term that is used to describe your ability to understand people and adapt or react to them appropriately based upon what they are doing. So what Brian was talking about there is empathy, which was one of the, it's a, it's a key, uh, a key skill you might say of dealing with people. It's actually one of our core values here where we work. And the reason that it's so important is because, like Brian was saying in that quote there, it is the ability to stop being so reactive in the moment when you're listening to somebody and just totally focus on them. And it's not even always about listening to what they're saying. It's just being involved in who they are, involved in what they're doing. So to give you a, a great example of that, right? So I'm sure, you know, if you're married, you have a spouse or a significant other, you probably get in, you, know, you get home from work and you're talking about your day and you're probably uh, guilty of doing the same old like, yep, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
Right. Okay. So now let's talk about what I want to talk about. And you kind of switch gears there and you realize like, okay, were you actually listening? Did you actually care to what your significant other was telling you? Or did you basically just play the game so that you could get to what you really wanted to say? And that is an example of the opposite of empathy, where you are not engaging with them. You're not listening to what they have to say. You're not actively listening to what they want to say or trying to say. You're just trying to get your own thoughts conveyed. And that is the opposite of what we're going to be talking about today with EQ. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> EQ is d- directly responsible for your ability to understand where someone else is coming from, where your IQ will process information and spit information back out. Your EQ is, in dealing with other people, is solely derived of your ability to be empathetic, which is why I used an empathy quote. But I remember a Dale Carnegie quote that said something like, people are not creatures of logic, but they're creatures of emotion. And if you try to logically approach everyone you deal with, you'll be met with probably 50% or higher rejection in what we do because I believe it was Theodore Roosevelt who said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I I don't think that's 100% accurate in what we do because you will run into the clients and the calls where you walk in and before you've even stuck your hand out, They've got their back to you heading to the basement door to show you, you know, their HVAC system or their leaking water heater or their sparking panel. But by and large, the majority of the people we serve want to be connected with. They want to know you care about them and their situation. I think it's more rare to find the person who just wants you to get down there and fix it and get out unless you're an abrasive person. I I have trained plenty of technicians who were somewhat naturally abrasive and standoffish who just said, no, that's just how people are. And the reality is that's just what you, what you portrayed and they were just reflecting it back to you. And we've been able to work that work through that with countless technicians. Whereas they become more empathetic and they start caring about what people are going through. And then all of a sudden they feel like people care more about them. So people, wanted to hear more about what they knew because they knew how much you care. Right. And in the home services industry, that is so critical because you are nonstop dealing with people. And again, like we talked about in other episodes, it's often people in their worst versions of themselves, meaning that they are dealing with something that is causing them great distress, perhaps even damage or, you know, uh, uh, other significant uh, causes of concern in their homes and in their lives. It's total disruption And so the ability to relate to them and understand how they're feeling and how that is affecting uh, the conversation and how you're going to react to them is critical. And that's why it's such an important subject to understand because, listen, you can be the smartest person in the world and still be awful at dealing with somebody. And that is going to have a certain outcome where they may respect you or they may say, yeah, you know, that person knows a lot, but they're not going to like you and they may not even trust bringing you back in. It, it really depends. Uh, so many times we get caught into a place where we go to service a client and we may not even know necessarily the best solutions, but 
if we are adapting to the clients and they are trusting us and believing that we're going to get to the right place, they will even allow us to walk through finding the solution for them. It doesn't even have to be the huge IQ, but the EQ, the ability to understand where they are, just creates that bond and rapport that makes them want more. Yep. There's countless, countless ratings on our Google reviews of people who talk about getting multiple estimates and going with us despite us having the highest price because they liked our technicians the most. And that's a direct result of an EQ of somebody who shows that homeowner that they genuinely care about their circumstance and they genuinely do. And when they leave, granted, they've, if we don't get the job, they probably shake that etch a sketch and clear their head for the next call and forget that person ever existed. But in that moment when they're there looking at given, given an estimate for that quote, uh, for that job, they're fully focused on that homeowner and they do care about their situation. And more times than not, we will go out to an estimate and get a job where every other company came out and quoted a lower price because our technicians are highly trained on EQ and highly trained on connecting with people and disc profiles and have the ability to quickly navigate a different personality type from the next one and mirror body language and tonality and do all these things that, that bring down the wall and lower the anxiety that most people have with a new person in their home. And it's all a direct result of the emotional quotient, your emotional intelligence all these things play into it. Your body language, your your attire, your uniform, where you park your truck, all these things have some play a part in the emotional connection between you and that homeowner. It really does make a difference, doesn't it? I mean, if and I think the easiest way of understanding this is placing yourself in the the consumer's shoes. So I mean, just imagine the next time that you go to which is empathy all in itself. <laughs> right. You're right. But I mean, imagine the next time or the last time that you went to the grocery store or a restaurant or the doctor or any other you know service available and you were presented with, you know, a, a service from provider A and a service from provider B and they were both essentially offering the same th solution. Like, yes, we can fix your problem. But one of them was doing it with understanding of who you are and why this matters to you and, and how much this solution could help you. And you know what? That person might have even been more expensive, but you're more than happy to pay the extra dollars because you feel the connection with that person. They're understanding you. They're using, they're using their solution to actually fix your specific need as opposed to, yeah, you know, we have, uh, we have ways of fixing that, you know, just kind of the cold-hearted stuff. Right, and by and large, it comes down to asking questions. Somebody asking questions versus telling. Two, That's right. Two ears, one mouth. We go If you go to the, I don't know, the shoe store at the mall and say, someone comes up and says, can I help you find something? And you're like, I'm looking for, for a pair of dress shoes. They say right over here, and they point, <clears throat> show you 15 feet that way, head over, let me know if you need any help. Okay, you'll go find your shoes and whatnot. You haven't connected with anyone. You won't remember that person's name, certainly. But then you get the other person who at that same moment says, oh, dress shoes. Okay, what, what are you looking for them for? Special event, for work, for, you know, what, what's going on? Trying to match your outfit? 
you start you start telling the story of what you're looking for and that person finds a way to connect with you as a result of hearing what you're looking for them for. And I don't care what it is. If I say it's for work and they say, where do you work? Then they're going to, they're going to keep going down that rabbit hole until they find a connection. They're a professional anyway. And this is all wrapped up in EQ and, and connection and, um, your ability to emotionally connect with somebody, which would, which just mows right over any kind of wall and anxiety and distrust. It just tears that stuff down so fast. That's right. So in preparation for this podcast, I was reading an article. It's actually a conglomerate authorship. So it's, it's Jeanne Siegel, Melinda Smith, Lawrence Robinson, and Jennifer Shubin. You prepped for an episode. I know, it's right? Ridiculous. <laughs> They describe emotional intelligence or EQ as commonly being defined by four attributes. And I'm, I'm quoting directly here. Number one, self-management. You're able to control impulsive feelings and behaviors. You manage your emotions in healthy ways, take initiative, follow through on commitments and adapt to changing circumstances. Number two, self-awareness. You recognize your emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behavior. You know your strengths and your weaknesses and you have self-confidence. Number three, social awareness. You have empathy. You can understand the emotions, needs, and concerns of other people. Pick up an emotional cues, feel comfortable socially, and recognize the power dynamics in a group or organization. And number four, relationship management. You know how to develop and maintain good relationships, communicate clearly, inspire and influence others, work well on the team, and manage conflict. So those are four really deep topics, each and of themselves. And that is kind of how is uh, common in, in terms of these authors. That's how they define what emotional intelligence is. Self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, and relationship management. Wow. Self-management. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Social awareness and relationship management. And the article goes on to talk about how they kind of build off of each other because, so the first thing, and I believe it's listed this way intentionally, the first thing is self-management, meaning you have control over your own feelings. TCOB. Yeah. When taking you, care of business. When you walk in, but it, it's more than just like, hey, I'm going to get it done. Like I'm, I'm going to attach pipe A to pipe B. I'm going to, you know, install filter C into the slot. It's, it's your ability to know your own emotions. So that when you walk into a room, you know how you're feeling you can assess how they are feeling and you're in control of things. You're not walking in there saying, thinking about, you know, the fight you just had with your spouse last night. You're not walking in there thinking about how the driver that cut you off before you pulled into their driveway can go someplace that, you know, is a little bit warmer than it is in summertime. You're not thinking about those things. You're in control of yourself, you're in self-management. And then that builds upon self-awareness, meaning you're, you're aware that if you're out of control, you can, you can make those adjustments and you can rein it back in. You know your own strengths and weaknesses, meaning, hey, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I understand that I'm probably going to be a little cranky today. I'm going to have to make some self-aware adjustments because of that. And then when you get yourself taken care of, it starts looking into the other side of things, which is on the other side of the table. So that's social awareness, the ability to walk into a room and understand not only how I'm feeling, but hmm, Brian's looking a little, uh, a little relaxed or Brian's looking a little tense right now. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, maybe he didn't get enough sleep last night. There was a, 
there was a storm that came through. I bet that kept him up too. And, you know, I'm out here on a plumbing call with water in the basement. That probably makes a lot of sense. So, you know, understanding that. And then the relationship management, understanding how to maintain good relationships and communicate clearly. And that could be as simple as knowing what and what not to say in front of a client and how to say it. And I don't mean to make that simple because it is not simple. It's an art and you know, you, you don't, you don't just go to school and learn how to paint. You don't just, you can learn the brush strokes, but to understand the feelings and the emotions that come with it to communicate that onto a canvas is an art and it's not a science. And so, so many times the home services industry is broken down to the scientific, meaning the things that are absolute, you know, a, a, a five sixteenth nut and a, a, a three quarter inch PVC pipe. These are the things that are scientific, but it's the emotional side, the artistic side that can really get the difference between great service and just regular service. Right. Also part of that would be if you get into that home and you're fully aware of where you're at and in control of yourself and you look at that client and you're fully aware that they're in a relaxed state and this is going to be a good conversation. And then all of a sudden they get a text and just fly off the deep end. You, you're in control of yourself enough to, and we've all had this happen where I don't care what it is. They just, her husband comes home and says, what are you doing here? Here for the plumbing. Oh, well, what's this? How much are you charging to be here? You know, and you, you tell them about the service call fee. You paid a service call fee? You're charging me just to show up? Like something that's a conversation that's been had over the phone, but now all of a sudden there's a third party that you weren't aware of that throws everything off. And um, now all of a sudden you have to deal with some frustration and maybe even aggression from time to time from a third party that you weren't prepared for. Are you able to keep your own composure? I mean, the worst thing you can ever do in a situation like that is nobody's going to talk to me like this. If it's what it should be, which is game on, I'm going to calm this person down too. And I'm going to, I'm going to get this job sold despite of this, which, you know, that's the game on mentality is like, I'm going to diffuse this situation. I'm going to bring them both along. And by the end of this thing, they're both going to give me separate Google reviews of how great this was. That's, that would be part of that self-management, uh, the way I see it to, to be able to deal with any situation that arises. Absolutely, Brian. And that's why we wanted to bring Chris in to talk more about that here. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to our guest. Our guest today is Chris Crew. He is excited to be on the show, and we are sure excited to have him on. I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about who Chris is before we invite him into the conversation. At age 16, Chris started as a new construction electrician. The next stage would be a defining moment as he went to work for the largest electrical service company in Atlanta. This is where he would acquire the skills in customer service and communication to be recognized as one of the top service electricians in the country. His path then took him to work for the largest home service franchise in North America. And during this time, he trained and coached managers, owners, technicians, and CSRs from all three major trades. He then pursued ownership of a local electrical company, which he sold after building it to 62 technicians and five locations. Today, he is president of the Blue Collar Success Group, a coaching and training company focused on accelerating the path of success for home service company owners and their teams. Wow. Good stuff there, Chris. Uh, welcome to the show, man. 
Hey guys, good to be able to be here with you guys and share this time. Yeah, good to uh, good to chat with you. It's been a long time. It certainly has. I think it's probably been at least two thousand. Oh gosh, I think I had visited you guys in in that location to probably around two thousand twelve, maybe. So it has been a little bit. Yeah, man, that's right when I came aboard. So yeah, yeah. good to talk to you again. And you've you've been yeah, all over the map with all different types of things. We want to hear about your story. We always love learning about how our guests got into the trades and then what they've been doing since they've been in them. So why don't you uh, kind of give us the rundown? Right on, guys. So, I, you know, for me, I, and I believe this, um, and, and I believe that, you know, life, whether you call it the law of attraction, reap what you sow, uh, you know, there's a lot of people give it a lot of different names. But, but when it comes to life, I believe that, that you either live your life on purpose or out of purpose. And sometimes when you're out of purpose, life has a way of grabbing you and putting you into your purpose. And so this industry, I tell people all the time, you either choose it or it chooses you. And at 16 years old, it chose me. I needed a job and they were hiring. And so I went to work as an electrician's helper. And, oh, that was nice. 1996, been a little bit aging myself, but uh, got involved in new construction in 96 and kind of moved my way through that. Uh, thought around about 2000 it was, I thought that I really knew what it took to be a business owner and I was really good at the trade. I didn't know anything about business, but I started on my own venture of new construction service and didn't really have it figured out. So I didn't really own a business. I tell people all the time I owned a paycheck. And uh, for those that are listening, probably can relate to what that feels like, where you don't know what it's like to have vacation or holidays or any of the great, amazing things that we get to experience when we are team member for someone else who understands business. Uh, That led me to being frustrated. I mean, like super frustrated, right? Because I I thought the American dream was you got to go start your own business and you'll have freedom and golly, I had no idea the complexity that was going to add. So uh, I left that and went to work for a very progressive contractor. And I was, uh, at that time, I lived in, uh, outside a small town, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, just due west of Atlanta. And the contractor that I went to work for had a really different perspective of electricians. And it was the first time in my life where I found myself feeling like a professional. Like I, I didn't graduate high school, didn't graduate college. Um, and I found myself finding self-worth and feeling like this industry, there's a place for people that want to be professional. And that was 2005. Uh, from there, service tech moved into uh, field management. The company was then bought out by a very large organization, and they franchised that electrical service company. That landed me in Sarasota, Florida, where I currently live today. And I was rubbing shoulders with some of what I consider to be uh, some of the titans in our industry, right? When you mention the names of a Jim Abrams or a John Young, and um, I even had privileges of, of, uh, you know, having the opportunity to, to work alongside of a Darren Dixon and just so many talented people in this industry and I, I really absorbed and learned and had a really, really fun uh, ride in corporate America, but just felt like there was something missing. I felt like I needed a redo on owning again and the opportunity as chance would have it. Once again, I believe the world conspires on our behalf 
when we get clear on what we want in life and the world open an opportunity up for me. One of the things I tell you guys is when opportunity meets preparation, great things happen. My first stint in business, I wasn't prepared. The opportunity was there. I just wasn't prepared. I wasn't aware of what I didn't know, right? It's that whole, you know, unconscious competence where I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and I had a very good learning a, alongside of some very talented people that prepared me for the next opportunity. And in that opportunity, we uh, partnered in with an electrical service company in Southwest Florida, had the opportunity to grow that business from $3 million to uh, $18 million revenue-wise. Now, a run rate, we were uh, on pace to do $30 million on a 12-month run rate. So tremendous amount of growth. We added four additional locations. We had like 62 service techs and, and business was fantastic. But you know, one of the things that I encourage people to think about is just because you can and just because you're good at it doesn't mean you should. Yeah, so push that out a little bit for us, Chris. So I could be the best technician, but you know, I go back and I, and I think it was a, a Tony Robbins quote. And he said, success without fulfillment is the greatest failure. And so I, I got up every day just not feeling fulfilled anymore. Like it was, I don't want this to sound like it was boring, but it just wasn't, just wasn't doing it for me anymore. Like it just, it wasn't, it didn't feel good anymore. So, you know, I think about the movie, the movie Top Gun when, you know, Maverick and Goose are sitting at the, at the piano and they're playing the, you've lost that loving feeling. I kind of felt like I was kind of falling out of passion with the, with the industry. And then when I really got back to my roots, I find greater joy in not personal satisfaction, but I find joy in watching others succeed. Yeah. And I was able to do that at my business but I'm able to do that at a much greater level today. And that's the reason why I'm currently doing what I do today, because it truly is fulfilling for me. That's awesome. What is it exactly that you are doing today, Chris? Man, I get an opportunity on a daily basis to interact with business owners from all over North America, uh, Canada, and Australia. I get an opportunity to interact with business owners to help them to solve challenges um, reduce complexities in their business through operations, whether it be, you know, the, you know, we're filming, I guess we're recording this. It's, it's, it's 2021. Everybody knows right now there's quote a shortage of labor, but I find that, you know, kind of interesting. And the reason why I say that is because while I do believe there is a, a physical shortage of people, there's still good people out there. The challenge is they're all employed. They work for someone else. And so helping business owners to understand that no longer is recruiting, recruiting, but it's more of marketing and the better marketer of team members wins in, in that battle, right? So today I get the opportunity to help do that. I get to train technicians. I train call takers, dispatchers. I have a phenomenal team uh, that I work with on a daily basis who also get the ability to impact. So, you know, my, my, initial thought was let me work directly with people but i realized that i widen my fan of influence as i influence people on my team that influence other contractors it's just amazing when i get the phone call and the text from a technician or a call taker or even a business owner about how their life has truly been changed because of their interaction with us that's awesome and i'm sure that is super fulfilling 
Uh, really appreciate the words that you said there, Chris, and I would agree with them that to see other people grow, to see them mature in whether it's the trades or just as a, you know, a man or a woman and see them uh, personally developing uh, brings such fulfillment and such joy to watch that happen and realize that you're a part of it. 100%. In, in fact, I'd say this, I'll never forget the guy who uh, trained me on the technical end of electrical. He said to me, Chris, the student will never be better than the teacher. And I, I let that limiting belief guide me and my principles for some time and it held me back and 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 one of the things i would caution people is is if you're training someone no matter what you're training them on is be careful about the message that you're giving to them and the possible limitations that you're placing upon them based on the things that you say and the things that you do because it, it could literally stifle creativity it's very destructive. And so for a while I thought I'll never be better than this individual, but I come to this realization that if the student never gets better than the teacher, then progress never takes place That's in exactly the world right. we live in. Yep. And so it was a mental shift for me, right? I had to mentally shift away from that. And that really started opening my eyes into a whole new world. You know, uh, a, a really good friend of mine, I get the fortunate opportunity, um, Kenny Chapman, who is the owner of the Blue Collar Success Group, he and I met in uh, October of 2018. And really crazy story how, once again, I believe that life conspires on your behalf. And so one of the things, this will go right into what we're talking about uh, when we talk about EQ and emotional intelligence is just being aware of, of your feelings and feelings of others and surroundings and, and how you react to that, right? Because this will go all the way back to my time when I was working uh, at the large franchisor. A gentleman by the name of Tim McGuire uh, tossed me a PNM magazine across the desk one day and I was talking to him and he said, do you know this guy? I picked up the magazine, I looked at it, seen a picture of, you know, this guy's a business owner, he's a plumber. And I read the article, I was like, I, I don't know him. He was like, I believe it's somebody that you should know. And it kind of left as it was. I didn't really think a lot about it. And this was 2000, probably 10, or maybe 2011, somewhere in there. Fast forward, and I have another friend of mine who is also a plumber. And we, you know, we live in a beach town, and we were at the beach just hanging out on the weekend talking. And you know, business comes up and he says, I got this friend of mine that I really, really, really think that you should meet. Okay. Well, what, who is it and what's the deal? And he mentions the name Kenny Chapman and literally my reticulator activating said, Hey Chris, that you, you've heard that before. <laughs> my filter in my brain said, pay attention. Right. And you know, from time to time in life, life has a way of grabbing our attention and that goes back to the EQ part, right? Being consciously aware of what's going on and around me, right? Instead of just, you know, living a thousand miles an hour in this life with digital and social media, we, we can allow some of the most important details to pass by us if we're not in tune with the moment. Yeah. So let's jump into it while we're here, Chris. Uh, okay. Talk to us about EQ. What, what does it mean and why is it important? Okay, so I'll go back a little little bit about 
um, when it comes to, you know, communication, training. I'm a big process guy. And, and the reason why I'm a big process focused person is because I believe as important as a process and having a script when I'm in the home. So if I'm a technician, uh, whether I'm there for maintenance, I'm there for uh, warranty work, I'm there for a repair, I'm there for a replacement, install, it doesn't matter what I'm there for. I have a process that I follow with very important words and scripting that I use to the point to where most people would say, I don't do that because every call is different. And I want you to take a moment and think for a moment about that. If every call is different, shouldn't it really require a firm process because every call is different? So because of that, I said, I have to do this. And this is the reason why. When you're more focused on following the process than you are paying attention to yourself, your emotions, your clients and their emotions and surroundings, you miss magical moments and an opportunity to serve the customer at the highest level than you ever have been able to. So a lot of training, one of the very first steps, you know, if you're a service tech is, you know, one of the things we talk about and different people refer to it differently, but we refer to it as just get your mind clear, get your, get your mind very clear, get, get focused on what your intention is. And, and I will say, you know, this industry will give you anything that you ask for as long as you're willing to ask for it and you're willing to do the hard work that it takes. You got you can't be mad about the results that you get from the hard work that you don't do. So and Chris, so, what does that practically mean for getting your mind clear? I mean, do we need to do yoga before each call or, or what do you mean by that? Uh, so I think it could be different from every person, right? Nate, Nate's doing uh, yoga as we speak, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, is he more downward dog or are we look, looking more like in the warrior pose right now? Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. He's, he's rubbing his earlobes now. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's super funny for, because, you know, when I think about that, I look at who, who have these, quote, rituals that they perform before they, they do what they do for a living. I think about football players, basketball players, baseball players, people that play at the highest levels, golfers they all have their ritual and their routine that they go through. And for me, it is, and I think this is the, the pitfall that many technicians fall into. We see it all the time, right? It's a particular type of call they get sent to, and they already know what the outcome is going to be before they ever run the call. They've already settled it in their mind. And so that's when this whole get your mind right and clearing it. Right? we got to have short-term memory loss as a service tech because what happened on the last call is not what's going to happen on the next call if you interrupt the pattern. And so that goes back to our belief systems that we have. Our belief systems typically are built in and around what we call the three Ps. Number one, our parents. Our parents instill a certain belief in us about certain things, good or bad. Our peers or our coworkers, think about that. I'm a service tech today, and the only thing I've ever rode with is, you know, somebody that just really has a bad attitude toward uh, a particular type of call or a call in a particular area or any, any, quote, signals that I see. And so now I'm programmed to believe that's how things are. And then lastly is the one that really gets most service tech, which is past experience. So once again, peers parents past experiences and my past experiences may say I've ran this call 
in this area before, and this is what happened. And it immediately sets a tone with my emotions. And when we think about what emotions are, it's about how I'm feeling and how I'm feeling about something in a situation. So let, let's kind of go there, right? So if I say, hey, every time I, I have to service a customer that's elderly, you know, the first thing they always tell me is, hey, I'm on a fixed income. And so because of that, they never really buy anything. And so because of that, I don't really put my best foot forward because even if I find things that are wrong and need, you know, need to be repaired, they're not going to want to buy. You know, my past experience was the, the son got on the phone and thought I was trying to rip their grandmother off. We all know this stuff, right? And this is what happens in the day-to-day function of what we do. All right. So, so because of that, so how do you, how do you overcome that? I mean, uh, you know, it's it's pretty difficult when you uh, experience patterns to break out of it. Yeah. So one of the things that that I believe it is just around this emotional intelligence. Like, be aware of where you're thinking. Like, I'll never forget there was uh, Lon Castle. He used to call it stinking thinking. That's what he called it, stinking thinking. It's like, how do we know that we have stinking thinking? I would encourage every, everyone to take a moment, pull over on the side of the road, and if you had to use one word to describe how you were feeling, if it's not positive, you need a reset. Mm. That reset for you could be the following thing, because remember, we're talking about emotion. What type of emotion do I want to have serving a client? Well, Let's go back and say, what is the situation clients are in? Number one, they're in a frustrating situation because they're about to have to make a repair or replacement to something that wasn't necessarily planned. Customers are going to be frustrated. Now, not all customers show it, but they have a level of frustration because their life has been interrupted. It's financially going to cost them. And so one of the things I'd ask you as a service tech or even as a call taker, take a moment to be empathetic and there's a difference between empathetic and sympathetic sympathetic is i'll give you the world and do whatever i have to do to make it happen even if it's at my expense or the company's expense sympathetic is i see things from your perspective and so as a service tech we get caught up in the monotony of it's just another call i mean if we run just let's do the math let's just say we run three calls a day on average we work 250 days, we're running 750 service calls. It's 750 unique transactions in a given year. Fair to assume? We get pretty numb to that. Absolutely. And, and so because of that, we have to not just be aware of ourselves, but be aware of how our customer's feeling. And, and I'll give you a few examples of that. How is my customer feeling? So I'm getting my mind right. So I know that, I, hey, I'm thinking positive thoughts for some people and, and for Chris specifically. Um, it's pictures of family. the pictures of my kids and my wife. Why? That's what I get up and do this for every day. I'm doing it so that my kids can have a bright future and my family can have things that they want, desire, and, and deserve. Right? We live in a world to believe that everybody deserves everything, right? So I want what's best for my kids. I want them to grow up. Happy, and by the way, happiness doesn't come from stuff. Let me repeat that. Happiness doesn't come from stuff because stuff is will come and stuff will go. But from time to time, it does trigger an emotion. 
I would say may, maybe a quick review of your goals. So you're listening to this today and you don't have any personal goals, then you, you have no direction because goals are what I'm focused on hitting, right? I'm focused on hitting the objective, the objective, whether it be a, a daily revenue number that translates to a personal income number, or it could be a goal of becoming debt free, buying a house taking a vacation, having a, you know, buying a boat or a specific car. And that allows me the, the headspace to clear my mind of how I feel right now and focus on what it is that I want. Because I believe every day when we get up, we hit the ground running, what we do for a living is the conduit to supply us what we're looking for in life. So getting my head right starts with, I got to push out all the noise, forget about the service call for a moment, and remember, why did I get up today? And find my purpose, right? So, you know, for some people, they they have no purpose in life, and so, you know, there's a whole other conversation to be had about that, but a lack of purpose and a lack of clarity in, in life can lead to uh, someone who is an emotional disaster, and so that means every moment in every situation they just go with what's going on at the time. And typically we find that in the home with technicians. You know, we, we say this all the time, either you're going to run the call or the customer's going to run the call. And, and that's not determined at the knock at the door. That's not even determined where you park your vehicle. All of that is determined in that opportunity where you clear your mind. I, I set forth my intention and my intention sometimes is, very, is, is somewhat vague. My intention is to go in, understand the customer's needs, serve them at the highest level, and take advantage of any opportunities that are presented to me by the client. However, I like what Steve Jobs said. Customers don't know what they want. They have to be shown. So that means me, I have to have the mindset of a servant. I'm not a fix-it guy anymore. Yeah, what's that quote do you say from Henry Ford, Brian? Henry Ford said, <clears throat> if we asked the people what they wanted, we would have made faster horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true, my friend. Faster horses it's, probably would not give us the luxuries we have today. Well, it's absolutely true. It's it's and what we tell our techs here are our, our uh, I mean, if you ask the customer exactly what they want out of this maintenance today, they'll say to have you in and out to tell me everything is perfect and for me not to spend any money. I mean, if you come to my house to do a maintenance, that's what I want up front. But if you show me some cool new indoor air quality products or some new water treatment products that I don't have and don't know about or some um, something that's going to save me on my electric bill or you know save my home from a surge, I'm probably going to be very interested and end up owning that product simply because well, I, I, and I don't I know what I want yet. Yeah, because I don't know what's available, right? And so I, I say this, and this goes right back to, to being emotionally attached to what's going on to yourself and to the client. Uh, when I look at going into a home, I, I look at my communication. So so let, let's just back up for a minute. Let's, let's define what is the word sale mean? The word sale, it's a very ugly word in our industry, right? But, but internally, let's really talk about what the word sale means. 
It means to get someone emotionally or intellectually involved in a product, a service, or an idea. And so as a sales person, my job is to build the bridge in the emotional and intellectual idea of a product or service. So, you know, it's so funny. My mother-in-law was in town and we were talking, and I live in Florida and the water quality here is horrible. And we have water treatment on our house and she lives in Atlanta and she said, do you have water treatment here? And I said, I do. Why? She said, I guess I didn't realize how bad my water was until I bathed in your water. And that's that contrast comparison, right? We look at selling and, and getting customers involved. They're not buying water conditioning. What they're buying is an outcome. That's what they're buying. And so for me to be aware of how the customer is feeling about certain things, I've got to be aware. You know, I, I watch customers' body language. An example of in the very beginning, when I step through the door, I pay attention to how my customer invites me in. And when I started focusing on the communication that customers were providing me, unspoken, I was really able to serve them at a higher level. Because customers don't want to play all their cards because when they do that, they feel vulnerable. When they feel vulnerable, we know the whole, you know, the two Fs, fear or fight, right? Or fight or fight or flight. You know, it's like customers don't want to be taken advantage of. So when they open the door, I pay attention. Does the customer open the door, invite me in by turning their back and asking me to follow them to the area that I've asked to see? Or does the customer step aside, hold the door open until I come in? And see that one little thing right there starts to tell me what level of trust I've established just in a visual perspective. All right. So we're talking about EQ here and being aware of others is a big part of that as well as being aware of yourself. Right. So if, uh, if this is a new concept to anybody who's listening, Chris, you know, where do you start? Do you start by paying attention more to yourself first or do you start by paying attention to others? 100%. 100%. You, you'll never understand others until you first understand yourself. You, the emotions of others, you won't be able to really understand until you understand how you're feeling about it. So if, if I'm focused on, and, and I think if you look at it, I think there's like 34,000 different emotions, but if we really break it down, all of them are spin off of, of between 10 and 16 different emotions, right? So when we look at our emotions, one of the things that we want to do is be looking at how am I feeling right now? Because how I feel will determine what I do. If I'm not feeling really positive about the call that I'm on right now, I'm not going to put forth the correct effort to get a result, right? So my emotions are what trigger my activities, right? How I I act and operate in the home. Let me push back on you. You know, I'm sure uh, in, in the industry, we have a fair amount of uh, guys who are going to say, ah, all that touchy-feely stuff, you know, whatever, man. I, I'm not all about that. I just go out and I do what I need to do. Yeah, and okay. Well, and so do what you've always done. Get what you've always got. And so, once again, I go back to get getting someone emotionally or intellectually involved in a product, service, or idea. And so... I no longer have to sell anything. 
if I'm connecting with the customer. And we talk about people buy from people that they like and trust. But you can't like anyone or trust anyone that you first don't know. And so being in touch with yourself and how you're feeling, and I'm not saying today that you can't have a bad day, but you can't carry that into the home. And, and that's excess baggage that I've got to shed. So I get refocused. You know, if you've ever been around any, any of any stuff that talks about recorrect, uh, re, uh, recreating your environment, you know, sometimes you might even need to get out of the service truck. I've, I've seen guys get out of the service truck to get out of the environment that, that they're in, in the state and emotion that they're creating right now. Like dispatch sends you the call at five o'clock, right? And it's, 35, 40 minutes away, and you don't want to run it. What I'm going to tell you is you might as well not run it because you're not going into it with the right mindset. So call it touchy-feely, Eastern culture, whatever you want, man. It's, it's being in touch with your true self. And your true self is what gets you the results you get today. Remember this. There's two different uh, things that we need to look at. We need to look at skills, and then we need to look at talent. And what's been happening up until this point is the technician has a certain level of talent that has gotten them to the level that they're at. And, you know, just in, in the social media group and, and somebody asked the question, what do you believe is the most powerful uh, thing that salespeople could, could be good at? And I put in there self-development. Yeah, well, that's and, something and then, that we absolutely uh, would concur with here. And we've had several podcasts devoted to basically just learning, uh, getting better yourself, figuring out ways to improve yourself. Uh, I mean, you know, th this isn't a video game, right? We're out here doing life. This is the real thing. And, and fortunately enough, um, for some people, life is very forgiving. And so it, it you can make a few mistakes along the way and, and you can learn from them uh, for some that those mistakes are pretty costly, right? Uh, and, and what I would say is, I'll go back to this, when opportunity meets preparation, great things happen. And so we live in this world of a belief system of, as a service tech, I can only accomplish this. Why? Because those around me, this goes back to the Roger Bannister conversation. And this goes right back to EQ as well, right? Most people thought it was impossible to run a mile in under four minutes. Yet Roger Bannister accomplished that in that year. I think it was like 75 more people did the exact same thing he did. And the reason why has everything to do with the belief system and the way they felt about a certain thing. So once again, how I feel about it determines how I will act towards it. So if you're listening to the, this podcast today, my encouragement to you is to you know, the old thing is when you, when you change, when you change your thinking, you change your income, you know, you, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, all these books around thinking, grow rich, all these things, it has everything to do with the mind and the mind it is, is a problem solving tool. It will look for exactly what it's told to look for. And that starts with what? Our emotion. Told you that wasn't going to be a good call. The brain said, yep, I told you as well. So it validates my emotion. And so as a human being, we are wired to validate ourselves. And if we want to, if we want different results, we've got to ask ourselves the question, why do we think the way we think about this? Or why do we believe the way that we believe about this limiting beliefs? You know, we look at 
uh, things such as, you know, people that, you know, early, early turn century, they thought the world was flat. You know, Columbus, they thought he was going to sell off the end of the world. And now we find out, like, it's a big circle. Eh, there's and still some people out there that disagree. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to bring up such a controversial topic. I, yeah. <laughs> Is it really that controversial, though? A bunch of flat earthers over here. <laughs> so, you know, but when we look at that, we, you know, we have to place ourselves in the mind. So if I'm talking with someone who believes that way, who believes that all technicians are only out to get them, and so... You, you know the ones I'm talking about, right? You you get to the home and the customer don't even want you in the house. They're like, if you're an AC tech, they're like, AC's on the side of the house. You're a plumber. They open the garage and they let you in to get to the water heater in the garage. You're an electrician. They're like, the electrical service is outside. They try to find a reason to not let you in. And so as a service tech, if I've let my emotions get the best of me right there, I'm done. Yeah, you've, you've taken that as proof that this is a, a nonsense call and you've officially given it up on it or given up on it and you don't feel like you need to put the work in to build a relationship with that homeowner and make them understand that, Hey, I'm here exactly. for you. Exactly. But one of the big ones got is the element of surprise. And so oftentimes when we, once again, I've run 750 calls this year. And if I've been doing this for 10 years, I've run, you know, 7,500 calls. I'm a little numb from time to time to the situation. But I want you to think about this. The element of surprise by our customer of all of a sudden you're coming back and you're presenting options. All of a sudden you're coming back and, you know, with a list of items that you found. If in your process you've not been forward thinking about laying out a very clear agenda with the customer and connecting with them on that level, so that they don't feel surprised because when when I feel surprised and I also am fearful already because I you know think about this and that other thing I mean some people are a little funny about having strangers in their home and so as a tech I'm like oh but I'm friendly I have kids I'm married I like I, I get that and I know you guys get that but your customer doesn't so I think there's a time and an opportunity to make sure once again, trust is reciprocated, and so is getting to know someone. So my job isn't just to get to know them, but get them to know me. Why? Because I need them to trust me and like me so that I can connect with them on that level. All right, so speaking of connecting with them on that level, I believe the next thing that we wanted to focus on there was understanding somebody else. So, I mean, once you kind of have a grip on your own thinking and you have a, an understanding of, you know, what thoughts am I currently experiencing towards this client, towards this call, and how is that uh, affecting my ability to serve them well? Once you kind of have that under wraps, you know, how do you begin the process of starting to understand how the opposite person of the table is feeling about you being there? 100%. So let me, let me kind of share some of what I consider to be like the primary basic emotions. What, one of those primary basic emotions is trust, right? I have to have the emotion of trust. But on the flip side of that, I can also have fear. I can have the element of surprise. I can be upset and sad versus disgusted versus anger versus some level of anticipation and even happiness or joy. And so when we look at the opposite ends of the spectrums of what exactly is the opposite 
end of the spectrum of being sad. It's being happy, right? Being joyful. What is the opposite of someone trusting me? Being disgusted with me. What is the opposite of someone, you know, being surprised versus I don't want, you know, I don't want any anticipation of what, what's going to happen. So one of the things that I find to be very helpful is early in the beginning is get your customer involved in your conversation. However, one of the things that we have been trained in the past to do, and I don't want to say that I'm disagreeing with it, but from my personal experience is the faster that you can get to talking about the reason why you're there, the easier you're going to win. Then that allows you to shift back away from that conversation and to have additional conversation around that. So before I sit with a customer, you know, one of the things that, oh, let's sit with our client. Well, if we're there for a repair call, my customers, I'm reading their body language. I'm watching their eyes. I'm finding, do I find somebody who's very anxious right now? And if this person is anxious looking, by maybe pacing, you can see the level of hurry up on their face. I'm going to shorten and condense my process a little bit so that I can get to the reason why they called me. Because at that point, I'm making progress toward the expected outcome that they want, which is, by the way, the Boston Market Research Group did a study of homeowners as it relates to service contractors. The number one thing that they wanted was to get back to normal as soon as possible. Absolutely. So the service tech, I got to be thinking, my customer wants to get back to normal as soon as possible. Well, what is normal? I don't know. How about some awareness to identify? Does this look like the customer took the day off from work? Are they unemployed? Are they retired? Maybe time's valuable to them. And so oftentimes we take it personal when it seems like a customer doesn't have the time of day to talk to us, we take that personal. It's our emotion getting us, right? We let our emotion get the best of us. But once again, we've got to see things through their perspective. They're in a hurry. They don't have time for us. Just fix what needs to be fixed and get out of my home. And at that point, guys, we feel like, well, this customer is not really wanting to buy anything because I've not yet made a connection with them. And I find it very helpful in that situation to go ahead and get right to the reason why they call, meaning get in front of it. Don't get your tools out. Don't start trying to work on it, but get in front of it really quickly. Whether it's an outlet not working, it's a, you know, a, a sink that's giving them problems because the faucet's dripping or a backed up drain or the thermostat's blank. It, it doesn't matter, but get to, the, get to the heart of the reason why they're there because that's what they want. And, and a lot of old training has told us Oh, divert them to the, 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 the water meter or the, the emergency shutoff or, the, or to the electrical panel. And while I believe that that was a very valid process, I personally have found, guys, that when you can get in front of it, it eases tension. The challenge is service tech wants to go to work fixing it right away. And this is where I'm going to have to emotionally regulate and say, can't do that right now, even if the customer's wanting me to get started. So if your customer is giving you the signal of uh, constant eye contact, if they're constantly, how about this, looking at their watch is a very big signal that I pay attention to. If a customer is looking at their watch or they constantly open their phone up and look at it, it's probably because they're, they're very pressed for time. 
And so it's important for me to ask clarifying questions in and around what's going on, right? Because if I don't, I can't help it. And many technicians say to themselves, I don't want to ask that question, and that's okay. You don't have to ask that question, but you're going to continue to get the same results that you're getting today by not asking clarifying questions to your client. Now, Chris, I mean, I know there's a uh, there's difference between EQ and IQ. I know a lot of our audience is probably more familiar with the generalized term of IQ or your your uh, intelligence, as would be the generic version of that. And I know there's yeah, there's even softwares and apps out there that uh, highlight themselves on, you know, increase your IQ or like stimulate your your memory skills and those types of things to improve your intelligence or to work on getting smarter or faster. Is there anything that we can do to improve our EQ? Like how does one become more observant of somebody else's nonverbal cues? It, it seems like a, a very natural thing and difficult to train or improve on. For, for me, it would be identifying the, the basic ones, the ones that I just, um, that I just shared with you right now, right? That's kind of the first step that I'm going to do. There's a lot of books out there. I think that, um, you know, when I really look, can I, can I improve upon my emotional intelligence? And the answer is a hundred percent, but it starts first with nailing down your process and your process has to become second nature along with scripting. And I know this is a big pain point for many technicians because they don't want to feel like a robot. And this is what I say. The reason why we feel like a robot is because there is a lack of EQ involved. Let me repeat that. The moment that my process and my script feels like a robot, it's because there is a lack of emotional intelligence about myself and about the client. So if, if I'm a service tech today, one of the very first things I'm going to do is I'm going to write out my process step by step. We here at the Blue Collar Success Group teach a 12 step to the ultimate client experience process. Now, with that being said, I'm also going to handwrite my script. And today we live in a world where you might type that out. Over and over again, I will utilize and leverage that script as my standard process. That now allows me that when, you know, I'm at the door and I've just walked in and a dog starts barking and running at me, my EQ is aware of the situation and it doesn't throw me off from my process because my process I've committed to memory. So no matter what happens and transpires, I like what Kenny Thomas said. For those who don't know who Kenny Thomas is, he was actually the gentleman that was, uh, what the, the, the movie of black Hawk down. He was, he was a, uh, a, a trained, a trained fighter. And this is one of the things that he said that has stuck with me forever. He said in the military, we train like we fight so that we fight like we train. Now, we're not in that serious of a situation, but I want you to apply that same thought process. Well, my, Chris, what, what if I work for a business today, Chris, that my company doesn't train me? Well, that's just an excuse that you can use to not develop your skill. Remember, I said this, skill versus talent. Talent will only take you so far. And so when I'm when I really want to go to the next level, I'm going to focus on building my skill and building skills starts with 
creating and developing my process, committing it to memory along with scripting. So now, I, I mean, I'm sure you've never been at the closing table and about to, quote, close a repair or a ticket, and you're speaking to the wife and the husband walks in. Emotional intelligence allows me to be aware of the situation at hand so that I can react accordingly to the surroundings of what just happened. Does, and when, when he walks in, does, does, do I address the, the husband? Do I even say hey to him or do I ignore it? Well, see, I think this is where the emotional intelligence allows to come in. I'm in their home. It's their sanctuary. And I'm a guest and I've been invited in. I should address the person that just walked into the room. And I'm going to address that in a very professional manner. That allows me to start the connection there. Now, how do I integrate that person into the conversation? If you just turn back to the client or to the homeowner again, the female in this situation, and continue your sales process, if your emotional intelligence did not kick in and become aware that a second decision maker is there and they need to be brought up to speed in the conversation, probably going to miss the sale. However, what if I, if I drawing that person in might sound a little something like this, I might say, Hey, hey, uh, hey, I'm Chris with uh, your electrical service company. And uh, we were just discussing some of the reasons why we were out today. And I didn't know if you might want to join us in that discussion. Now I've given the second homeowner an opportunity to get involved into my conversation now if he says to me i'm really busy just whatever she decides we're good to go okay fantastic if you need anything while we're in the home please let me know my name is chris and then i go right back to it but now what if that homeowner says yeah can you give me just a second to put my things down and i need to use the restroom i'll be right back once again my process now allows me to stay focused on where I'm at and not lose track. That's emotional intelligence. Love it. Okay, Chris, so kind of winding us down here, uh, we have an awareness of ourselves. We have an awareness of our customer. What, what is kind of the, the, uh, the perfect example of what this looks like when it's functioning at a high level? The best way I could describe EQ or emotional intelligence working at, at the highest level. We have smartphones today and, you know, apps and things of that nature. And imagine that your phone is running four different apps in the background, whether it be a map and, you know, some social media and your email and all these things are running in the background. Success for me is consistency in my performance numbers, because at the end of the day, there is no such thing as fail or succeed. We just get results. And so if I am in the role of a service tech today, I'm not waiting for my company or my manager to tell me what my results are. We live in a digital age where I can keep track of my own results in my own format, and I'm tracking my results. I will know that my process is solid, my training and skills are solid, Along with that, mixed with my emotional intelligence or EQ, by looking at my daily performance that is broken down by day, but then it's compounded by the week and compounded by the month. If you find yourself as a service tech that you have good days and bad days throughout the week, good weeks and bad weeks throughout the month, 
good months and bad months throughout the year, it's because there is either a lack of process and commitment to skill, or there's been a lack of focus on building your emotional intelligence. Awesome. Um, is there anything else, Chris, that you feel would be important for somebody who's interested in learning more about developing their EQ or how to utilize it in the home should know or focus on? Uh, how about this? A uh, really good book. It's an old one. You ready? <clears throat> how to Win Friends and Influence People. Carnegie. It's an old it's an oldie, but it's a really good one. And and where where would I go? And, and we live in the in the world of the information age at our fingertips. Websites, um, books, <clears throat> seminars, training. What if what um, if somebody old, wants to have wants to get a hold of you personally, have some training done by you? How is there anything um, anywhere we can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can actually find me and my contact. Uh, from our webpage, which is uh, the com, And so on there, you can find telephone numbers and email addresses for myself. Uh, I also exist on social media. If somebody wanted to look me up on social media, I often, often get uh, messages from uh, Messenger on social media. Uh, not a big LinkedIn guy. I've realized it's probably a flaw of mine. Just we, you know, once again, I only have a certain amount of time in day. I can't keep up with all of my social media channels to keep them up to date, but I'm also very available by way of email. And that's Chris at the blue collar success group.com. Awesome. Uh, that's good stuff today, Chris. Hey, appreciate having you on uh, just kind of reviewing there. I mean, you talked a lot about how parents, peers and past experience can dynamically affect how we approach a call, both from our own mindset and also seeing those patterns from the person sitting across the table. And then, you know, we kind of get into the rhythm of what happened the last time and really examining both of those things and kicking back on that and saying, now hang on, just because it happened once doesn't mean it's going to happen forever. And this is the way that I'm thinking. And let's pause here and reset uh, just really good stuff there. And I think if we can all learn to do that on a more daily basis, we'll just see way more successful uh, calls and happy customers in front of us. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And, and keep in mind, your mind uh, will retain what you put into it. So keep all of the noise and the garbage out and only feed it good food. That way your brain stays nice and healthy and, and, and allows yourself to emotionally regulate. Awesome. Well, hey, Chris, uh, we can't let you go without doing a little bit of fun with you here at the end. We love to have some just uh, crazy questions for our guests just to kind of learn more about them, if you're all right with that. Yeah, don't embarrass me. <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> on your answers. But <laughs> so uh, you, if I heard you correctly, it's this, whether or not I'm going to be embarrassed is going to be up to me or not. That's right. You get the power of the okay. answer. Uh, okay. okay. So let's start off with one that uh, we like to ask our listeners because we always want to know uh, what's going on and what's the new and greatest thing. What or who are you listening or reading to right now? Ooh, that's a very tough one. I am spread very thin. Uh, Podcast-wise, uh, I've been listening in to a Navy SEAL. Uh, he is an ex-Navy SEAL. His name is Jocko. Jocko. You've ever heard him? Absolutely. Yeah. Extreme ownership, man. you got to read that book. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, right now, uh, book that I'm reading, How the Best Get Better. Awesome. All right. Uh, what was the worst style choice that you ever made? 
Ooh, can you repeat that again? I need to think about that one. <laughs> the worst style choice that you ever made, you know, uh, was it the parachute pants or uh, maybe you were rocking a bull cut, bowl cut, something like that? Ooh, I would definitely say, now keep in mind, I'm, I'm, I was born in the late seventies. So it would have to be either the mullet or the rat tail. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, we'll look for some pictures of that so we can throw them up on our uh, Facebook page. I hope they don't surface on the internet. <laughs> uh, Chris, I've met you before and I'm pretty sure you're a wristwatch guy. Uh, what is your preferred wristwatch? This is very interesting question. So glad you asked this question. I had an elderly woman one time tell me that real men wear real watches. <laughs> uh, digital watches are out. So I do not own a digital watch. Everything that I own is either a manual winding watch and virtually every watch that I own is an Invicta. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. Uh, what would your dream house be like? Somewhere in the island, single bedroom, no air conditioner. Oh, wow. Sat through island style living. Okay. Very simple and basic. This is coming from a guy who lives and breathes the trades on a daily basis. Yes, it is. That, that's <laughs> what uh, my dream house would be. That's awesome, man. All right, last one for you. If you could choose any two people to invite to dinner, who would they be? Wow. This would be very, very tough for me. But it would be a very, very tough one for me. So intellectually, I would like to sit down with Einstein or Martin Luther King Jr. And then I'm a comedy guy. And it's probably going to be a uh, that one's a very, very tough toss-up from stand-up comedian. It's going to expose me a little bit, so I'll be careful. But I probably would be okay with setting down with like a Rodney Dangerfield, or I probably would even be okay with setting down today with somebody uh, that's more modern, like a Kevin Hart. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, uh, that would make for some interesting dinner conversation to have those four people at the table. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Hey, it's been a privilege to have you on the show today, Chris. Uh, for our listeners out there, make sure you check him out at the bluecollarsuccessgroup.com website. He's also on social media. He gave you some of his information there. Really good stuff. And EQ is just the beginning of it. I'm sure Chris and his uh, crew, as it were, have all kinds of other uh, excellent training materials that people can tap into and really defining uh, and understanding the EQ on way deeper levels that can uh, really bring about a whole new way of living and working in the home services industry. So without uh, any more information, Chris, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it having you on today. Perfect, guys. Nate, Brian, thank you guys so much for the invite. It was an absolute pleasure to spend the time with you. Yeah, that was great stuff. I appreciate uh, appreciate your input there, and can't wait can't wait to uh, reconnect. Perfect, man. Yeah, you guys have my email address and telephone number. If you guys need anything at all, please never hesitate at all to reach out. Anything that I can ever do, uh, give back and and help or whatever, please let me know. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Chris.
Okay. Hey, guys, y'all take care and have a wonderful day. Tell Scott and Larry I said hello, too, okay? All right. Thanks, you bet you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hope you all enjoyed the show today. It was a privilege to have Chris on with us. Uh, like we said there, if you're looking to find out more, make sure you hit him up and his company, the Blue Collar Success Group. I'm sure they have lots of good opportunities and materials for you. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And remember that empathy, emotional quotient, EQ, your intelligence, as far as your emotions go, is so important. You're dealing with people day in and day out. And these people and their ability uh, your ability to read them and their reactions is going to make th- and break the difference between you having a good day and a great day. And so uh, go back and listen to this one again. Understand the different concepts. Understand uh, how your emotions factor into things. And then learn to adapt. And that's really what we're asking you to do every single day here is we challenge you into new things to become a better version of yourself and to wake up every single morning and choose to waste no day. No day.